Hello and welcome to the Skinny with Mike and Adam, episode 0124. I am your co-host and better half of the show, Mike, and I just wanted to jump in really quick and do a quick little intro to let you all know that we're going to be splitting this episode into two parts. Uh, this is going to be our top 12 best songs of the year, and the reason why we're breaking them up is, uh, quite frankly, we talked for way too long on our list uh, in fact, uh, we recorded just over two hours of audio sharing these songs with you all, and uh, I know an episode that long can be pretty overwhelming for the listeners, so you can hear our thoughts uh, right now on our top 12 through 7 today, and on Monday, January 12th, you'll be able to hear us discuss numbers 6 through 1, uh, and then uh, after that, no more lists, uh, I swear. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry we've been uh, inundating you with list after list after list for the past four weeks. So uh, we'll finally be done with 2014 and then on to the new year. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode and I'll talk to you guys really soon. Two zero one five. <laughs> two zero one five. Yeah, episode number zero one two four. Yeah, wow. Four eight nine three seven six. Mm-hmm. Twelve. That'll be in a couple years. Nineteen twelve. We got a lot of. I don't know. We got a lot of uh, awesome things planned at least for this month, man. We got an interview coming up. By February, I mean at least we have something fun in February. Yeah, but yeah. we might run out of ideas by then. Oh yeah. So the show. This, so this will be the the beginning of the end for this show. <laughs> by so, February, will be no more because we ran out. Of, we ran out of ideas. So it was a good it was a good week off, Mike. It was a good week off in between podcasts. One week off. One week only. We see each other all the time. Every single fucking week. And all of the predictions you made came true. It did. The Bears made the playoffs. A man died on the football field. A man died on the football field. Um, we still haven't killed ourselves because yet. of our yacht plan. Crap, yeah. That yacht plan. I don't know what we're fucking going to do with that. Can we sell it to like Johnny Craig or something like that? Oh, yeah. He's he got a lot well. of money now. He seems like he would be a yacht kind of guy. He wants to get out. <laughs> he's sick of playing games. He looks like he's swimming. With these smaller boats. <laughs> he looks like he's swimming when he's on stage. <laughs> it's not he wants. <laughs> he wants to swim out. And, you know, I'm king of the world. So we've never done this episode before. We got we, we finished our best albums, our worst albums, our honorable mention albums, but we've never talked about the best songs before. And this I, is all your idea. I think we felt that it was too daunting of a task. Yes. I mean, if we had to break down like the worst songs of the year, I think oh, it, absolutely. Would, it would be easy. We, we'd Mad get that myself, <laughs> issues. Um, would, would not be on that list. <laughs> Definitely. But <laughs> to come up with the best songs of the year is really, really difficult mm -hmm. for me. Yeah. For other the other half of this podcast. It was like, oh, I just made a list and I'm ready. Yeah. So we... we well, it wasn't that simple. Let me, <laughs> let, let, let's go ahead and... So, Thank you guys for checking out. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the last three episodes. We put a lot of work into that, uh, but we're not quite done yet. We're gonna go. We're gonna do one more episode uh, for retrospective of, of 2014. But this time, we're doing best songs of the year, and uh, this was not easy. We were work, We worked on. We we both worked on this just as hard as we did okay. for um, best albums. Um, but I, I think we should probably clarify a little bit. So Adam admittedly worked a lot harder on this than I did. What I did is that back in October when I compiled my entire list and I said, okay, these are the albums of the year. These are what I'm going to be talking about. What I did is while, while I was going through all those, I made notes and I said, okay, this is the best song on the album. And I specifically said, 
I'm going to limit it to one song per yes. album. We had a big debate about this. It came to blows. Yes. Um, we talked about this while we were on vacation in the cabin. And we'd also, we also punched each other a little bit. We did. And then we hot-tubbed with hot chicks. <laughs> and that actually I, happened, by the way. I'm not joking. We, we hot-tubbed. There's picture evidence yes. of this. But I felt that if it's the best songs of the year, it shouldn't matter how many times mm-hmm. You know, a certain song was on an album, or how many sure. songs from one particular album. But then I, but, yeah, but I agree with I agree with you, Adam. But uh, I felt like for this list, uh, at least in my perspective, if I were to do that, then I would be shortchanging other songs. So I, I think mm. if I intentionally limited myself to one song per album, I would make room for songs that actually deserve to be on the list. Because so, if it, if I didn't do that, I'd have like. A, tw- a top 12 <laughs> list of like three albums. Right. It would just only be songs from your top three right. albums. Right. <laughs> exactly. Which I was afraid of that happening. Yes. But I still think that my list was. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's very fair and balanced. It's fair. And just there's, like Fox News. Songs, right. There are songs on my list that were not from my best ofs list. Yes. And there's a handful of songs from my best of list. Yes. So, so I actually, think it was balanced. So that, so, that, so that worked out great for both of us because, uh, I mean, while, you're, while yours is a lot less limiting than mine, I did have songs that were not from my best of list. So we're not going to be rehashing the same thing over and over again for both of us. But that, you want to talk about your process for a little bit? Because you started off when you told me you had 90 songs on right. your best of list. Wow. Because instead of narrowing each album down to just one song, I would narrow down – I would just write down my the songs that I really, really liked on every single album mm-hmm. that I did. And then by the time I got through all my albums, I had totaled 99 songs total, wow. which was a little bit overwhelming. Did you write that down at all? Because I want to see your top 100 of the year. It's on my iTunes playlist nice. still. You'd have to be at my iTunes house. I can me. export that. Um, so I was just like, holy crap, this is going to take a long time. And I, I think I, I, I mixed them up a lot. Like mm-hmm. when I, I had all my, my songs written down and then when I was putting them into iTunes playlist I was just like jumping around the list and putting them in at random so I didn't like have only this particular band in this section so as mixed up as I possibly could and then I listened to all 99 songs and I was just like okay well here's the ones that I feel something like, yes this these are the ones that kick you in the nuts yeah and I got I went from 99 down to 54 within after one listen after right? one listen so and I went in bolded a couple that I knew were going to make it to the top 10 um, then I was like, okay, now I got to go back and listen to 54 songs, which <laughs> took some time. And then I narrowed that list down to 30. Then I went, did it again from 30 down to 17. Okay. Getting closer oh and God. closer. Now we're down to the top 12. 12. We are doing top 12 this year. Uh, you specifically made it a point to do 12, not 10. Right. Uh, Cause I wanted it to why? be like, like an album. Okay. Even so though this I didn't is like our, this is like our, our mixtape of yes. 2014. Although I did put them in descending order from, you know, the number 12 song to the number one song. Okay. Um, so this isn't, this isn't like the way you rate an album, which is, which, which is kind of a clever way you do it. You, you say, Oh, these are the songs I liked versus how many songs are on the album. How would you rate them? Um, it was all based on feel and especially by the, the correct or, way to do it. <laughs> the fourth or fifth time <laughs> that I listened to them, I knew if I still felt like the same kind of like, I want to kill myself. Emotional but in a good impact. Way? Yes, the emotional impact. <laughs> um, then it's going to make the list. I want now, to kill when, myself. In as a good I got way. from <laughs> seventeen, I by that point I knew which songs and what they sounded like. I didn't have to go through and listen to them again. Yeah. But I just remember I was staring at this list for about a half hour. Wow. And then I was just like, okay, well, here's you know, I, I got like eight that I definitely wanted to keep on the list. Okay. And then I had to like narrow down those final four 
five uh, songs. So it was tough. It was really tough, especially the, that's the daunting, man. Going from thirteen to twelve. That that sounds like, like it was. That it sounds like really it was tough. a lot more stressful than you mean your top albums of the year. It was really top tough. albums of the year. That's like mathematical, right? You don't, the only thing you need to think about is like tiebreakers. But then the hard part of getting it down to twelve finally was in what order I wanted to put those twelve. So that took another I big imagine, chunk of yes. time. I'm just like, okay, this one here. No, this one there. No, I like this song more than this song. And this, it's a bit, bit, bit. So for the past three weeks, we kept saying there will be blood. But for this week. Will there be tears? There will be tears. There will be tears. Without a fucking doubt. All right. Here you, you go, then. You know how emotional the last month has been. It has been. For not only Mike, but myself. Yes. Because, you know, we've been podcasting so continuously <laughs> that we've had such ample outlets for our feelings. Yes. And anger and humor and... Like, we go to the feeling store and they're like, oh, there's these two again. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I still had to go to work and talk about feelings and anger and tears and suicides and... yeah. Then AIDS and you know just you know there, there's certain reasons why we keep this podcast going. Yes, and uh, it's mostly for us. But uh, music, we're, we're glad that people listen at least. <laughs> music and to laugh at the world. Yeah, but today there will be no laughter. There will be no laughter. No there will be tears. Serious episode and a little bit of love and a little bit of well, yeah. See what a I'm lot afraid of, of is the emotions. The emotions. I'm I'm guessing there won't be too much overlap on our list we'll see i'm i'm there might be a song or two okay but i really think that my list is going to be very different from yours. all right man so we don't really know who wants to go first so should we just do a rock paper scissors really quick oh, i thought we we're going to jerk off first oh, whoever we, finishes you want to jerk off <laughs> whoever finishes first all right here first. we go <laughs> damn it adam okay i win <laughs> adam you get to go first okay so all did right. we explain this enough does the audience understand? All right. So these is, I think we just really quick one more time before we get started. So at least for me, these are the songs that have some sort of emotional impact that has carried over yes. to the entire year. Yes. For me, also, I want the instrumentation to complement the vocals. The, voc- the vocal performance has to be a, 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 a above what I normally expect from this artist. Yes. And also... The lyrical content has to tell a story. It has to... It, this is just from my perspective. It has to tell a story. It has to... And that story has to mean something. It can't just be like... Mm. Even if it's even if it's like a generic kind of thing, I still want the overall package of the song to uh, amplify the simplicity of both the lyrics and, uh, the, and, and, and the instrumentation. That, to me, is what makes a great song. Right. And especially a song that like you can listen to from beginning to end and yeah. still be like, I didn't want it to end. I mean, a lot of these songs uh, we've been listening to since the beginning of the year, and I, I can, at least from my list, I can safely say they still hold up here into 2015. Definitely. All, All right, right, man. So you you so, you won the jerk off. <laughs> <laughs> so I will pull the computer monitor towards me, and I need to uh, scroll a little bit to find this one. But this one is probably probably the newest of all of the tracks okay. that I have. Um, so we haven't been listening to it for that long, but um, clickety clickety clack. Um, and I really, really didn't want to only be stuck on singles. Okay. You know, like I wanted these songs to be ones that are buried in the albums, um, the ones that like majority of people haven't heard. But um, for this particular one, it was a single. Okay, it was the opening single, but it's still one of the best songs of the year. Top 12, but number 12 when I break it down. And let's just hope and pray that 
the speakers work. All right. As far as we know, it's all good. <laughs> ah, this is Circus Survive with Skema. <sighs> this is a wonderful song, and this was, and this did, this was a contender for me for best song of the year. So, yeah, I was not prepared for this. Yeah. Even after what was the Ho Hum album of 2012, Violent Waves. Violent Waves. I was just like, you know, I'm writing off Circus Survive. There's probably nothing they can do that's going to impress me ever again. Um, I think they still have it, and this song, Schema, is proof that they still have and, it. And Mike posted on Facebook, like, hey, here's the new Circus Survive song. And I remember thinking, like, oh, it's going to suck. It's boring. Like, but <laughs> do he, I have to listen to this? Put, it was really good. And also, a good thing about this, you mentioned that this song is a single. The video for this is hauntingly beautiful. I really had to delete the video from my brain. You don't like the video at I all? I still don't like okay. it. It ruins the I song. I really for me. like it. It's strange. It has some humorous undertones, but the, pow- the power of the song really elevates it to being a great video. It's just, like, first off, this band has not done anything this heavy. No, not in a long time. It's not since I'm letting go. Unfortunately, the rest of the album was not nearly as good as this particular track was. But you can tell they really caught something great on this and yes. went experimentally in a different direction. And um, it was kind of interesting to learn about Anthony Green's relapse into the drugs yeah, and, and, and booze. Shortly after and the album came out, we we learned that they, you know, a lot of them almost died recently because of their drug addiction which I was never even aware of which was crazy because he posts like all these like oh we're a happy family thing on Facebook little hashtag little gods yes he's so Um, pretentious (laughs) but yeah apparently after the Violent Waves tour ended like he relapsed heavy duty on heroin yeah which he had been apparently addicted to since he was like 12 or 13 he's probably like the best looking heroin addict I've ever seen he's incredibly hot I know (laughs) It just um, makes his eyes more striking. That's why he does the heroin. So, um, but yeah, whether it's the, the, the chorus is that good. The, the production on this is, is great, too, because it really makes... What this song really needs is like that, 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 that driving drums, and we really see the... We really hear the pop of the snare, like, just at the right moments. Right. Which is something they've never done before. They've never done a song this dramatic yeah. out of all of their last... And each each section transitions to e- into each other, right? I mean, it's not like a yeah. They they do have dropouts, but it's not like a rise against kind of dropout where it's completely right. silent for like a second and then boom, right into something different. No, they they transition softly and then into like a big bombastic chorus. Yeah. It's really cool. I don't know how he found time to make like two solo albums, beat heroin, and <laughs> record this album all within the last two years because he's also probably on crack and never sleeps. <laughs> And he made a baby during that. Yeah, he did. So that was He cool. just keeps making babies. And guitar solo right here? This yeah, guitar solo is great. that Circus Survive rarely does. Yeah, they, 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 re- they really use their bridges as another means to t- continue telling the story. But it's great that Anthony Green decided not to sing on this part and let the guitar speak for itself. Right. It really elevates the song. It was really good. And you know, every time it drops out and goes back into the verse, it's just... It just hits you in the feels every time. Yeah. And of course, his vocals are great. I just wish the whole album would have been as good as this song was. I know. If it, if it, if it was, I mean, this is the highlight of the whole album, yeah. unfortunately. But if it was, this probably would have ended up on both of our, you know, best of the year. Definitely. So, it's a very long song, so I think we've talked about it enough here, right? Yeah. We're already nearly four minutes in, but uh, I'm just going to pause it right there. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, it's good at least we give, we, we give some... Uh, 
some some attention to Circus Survive this year. Uh, you know, like like you said, we kind of wrote, we've kind of written them off since 2012 because of Violent Waves was a I mean it was their only crowdfunded uh, album. That's true, which is ambitious, and I and I and I applaud them for going that route. But uh, unfortunately, maybe they do. Maybe they are a band that needs that structure of a of a you know of a good producer to tell mm-hmm. them, okay, this isn't working. We need to go in a different direction. Right. So hopefully, in the future, they can write a fantastic album with songs as great as Schema. And every time I would go to my list and think again, like, is this a song that deserves to be on the list? I always came back to, well, it's better than all the other songs that were from it, 13 through 99. Yeah, it beat out like 80 songs. So I, that's good. <laughs> I couldn't put it any higher than that. But yeah. I definitely, it definitely felt right at 12. All right, man. So right. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and start with my number 12. Now... I, this is a song that uh, from an album so that came out. Myself. Yeah, this song. I'm oh, sorry. Are you, are you doing issues again? <laughs> Just saying, if all twelve of them are mad at myself, all very so, mad all at twelve myself. of them are from issues <laughs> debut album. Well, this is from an so album that tracks on their mind. <laughs> I talked about. Uh, I talked about for my best of uh, of 2014. Uh, this is song. This is a song that um, that rounds out the end of the album. And it, it's a, it has a very strong emotional impact because, like I said, the entire song is about uh, penance and forgiveness and, wow, I miss my friends and I miss the people who used to be in my life. And, uh, you know, so who I, is this, Mike? Let's tell this me. is Slaves. This is the song, song uh, Starving for Friends featuring that Mexican from San Diego, Vic Fuentes. That's all we know him as. <laughs> Mike and I were just discussing Vic Fuentes before we hit record. Yeah, we did. I, I feel like Vic Fuentes is at his best when he's uh, when he's featured on songs <laughs> and not the when, sole focus on it. When Johnny Craig can balance him out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, like I said, this this song rounds out the end of the album, and it's I think the perfect way to do it because for the entire album he's been putting himself down. He's been asking. He's been saying, you know, I I I change. I make myself better, and nobody cares. And and this and with this song, it's like. I've lost so many friends throughout the years. People who people who said they'd stand by me throughout, no matter what. And here I am. I'm a better person, and still they're not they're not by my side anymore. And that makes me sad. It's a it's a situation where I can't relate to, but through song, I feel exactly what he's what he's what he's thinking. You know, it's hard for uh, me to take a recovering drug addict seriously a lot of the times it is because it's just like hey remember when i was all fucked up well it's all your fault (laughs) right (laughs) and why aren't you still friends with me now that i'm not fucked up you (laughs) asshole Uh, and 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 i mentioned this last week when we talked about the the slaves album that uh he really i i've 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 thought that exactly like because he's fucked up over and over again he's relapsed over and over again he's fucked people over he's stolen money from his fans right but he actually has changed and releasing this album was probably the best thing he could have done to ask for forgiveness because he is kind of thuggish and he's not really good with words unless he's writing a song with it and I think the song is just so it's so good and it's it's, you know I think we've all lost friends in the past no matter who you have have we never yeah have we never (laughs) Uh, and and I think not through death or anything but just from you know just from circumstances Circumstances sever ties. Getting off heroin. Yeah, <laughs> when when I stole when I stole money from my fans. Right. <laughs> uh, but uh, but I think I think it's something that we can at least relate to when we think back on fallen relationships and we we want those people back in our lives, but through circumstances that that may not be possible. 
right now. But uh, so hang in there, singing, Johnny Craig. Is he singing to Vic Fuentes? Like you were the well, only saving grace. I ever well, he's had? talking to the people in his life. Like you know, okay. he used to be really good friends with Craig Owens, but then because as you as you know, the Isles and Glaciers album. Yes. Well, uh, they're they're on tour together, right? They now. are. I don't know if they're talking, but uh, they're <laughs> at you, least on tour. You. Can you play guitar in my band? Because I need a guitar player. Hey, fuck give you. it up for those fucks and slaves <laughs> that are coming up next. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I'm I'm really excited for the future of uh, Johnny Craig's career, and I, I I know I've given him a hard time in the past because I I think rightfully so he was he's a uh, he's been a bad person, and I, I think the ending of the really song right here, I don't know what I was thinking, I miss my friends, oh, the ones I would die for, and that and that and that pop right in there right into the chorus right there where Vic yep. Fuentes carries the chorus, it's so powerful. So much better than anything on that Isles and Glaciers album. <laughs> I will stop the song <laughs> okay, until okay. you... It's, it's almost done. It's still... It's a great song. And, it is a great song. And um, it, it, it's, you know, about four minutes long, but it doesn't feel like it oversays it, its welcome. It's just, it's just well-paced. It's just a really well-written song. It was well-written definitely song. a song on that album I liked. It did not make my favorite songs of the album. Do you I have a that. favorite song? On I that had album? two songs on there that I really liked, but unfortunately, they didn't make the first cut. Okay, I had to let them go because the song I shared last week, uh, my, "My Soul Is Empty and Full of White Girls." You said yes. you like that song, but it's not your favorite. Same kind of thing. Yeah, but, those two songs are probably my favorite. That yeah. that song and then uh, "Starving for Friends." I can't remember the names of the ones I like, but <laughs> whatever, they're in there. Track, track five, <laughs> track five. I know that. Yeah. All right, so a great beginning to our list. So number eleven. On my list. Um, this was a band that I thought probably wouldn't make my top 12. But it really, as much as I want, I didn't think they would, I kept on going back to this particular track of being, you know, this is still a great track. And I can't, uh, I can't kick it off the list because there were several other songs in this album that made the list, at least two or three. Okay. And I let go of those ones pretty quickly. Uh, one of them was... Uh, one of Mike's least favorite songs of 2014, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I think I know where this is going. I'm yeah. going to stick to the, uh, crap. Now I got to find it. <laughs> should have been talking. You should have been doing that while you're talking, man. All right. All right. So, um, I'm going to go with what I felt was the number 11 song of the year, which was the closing track mm. on shapeshifter by the dead rabbits yes what's, what's the song's name it's called black cloud black cloud not to okay. be confused with black cloud from hardest yes which was also on my every band top has a song called black cloud <laughs> <laughs> now this was definitely a big change from the rest of the album sure didn't you kind of feel at least in, in the intro yeah it definitely yeah. stands out but I think Going to the verse here, it does sound kind of samey, but it is, it does end it's the album on, slow, a, on a high light, on a, on, a, on a high note. I agree with you there. While, it, while I'm not a fan of the album as a whole, this definitely uh, uh, ends the album really well. It really has that slow, grindy sound that most of the album didn't have. It was a pretty up tempo yeah. album. I kind of felt. Um, so I just felt it was a great chorus there with lyrics well. provided by Davey Havoc. I'm sure <laughs> it's very possible. Um, I knew that there would be no way in hell that they would play the song live. Yeah, it's, it, not, it's not a live setting kind of no. song. No, and I think that's usually what I 
I, I, I like about certain bands is that they're songs that you know you can only hear on the album, and you know That's that. True. You know it's not going to end up live because it just has no crowd appeal. Like Casanova Rodeo by The Word Alive <laughs> featuring Craig Mabbitt. Um, that song is at a completely different level. <laughs> In a completely different year. Right. Um, but yeah, I just felt like this song was pretty fucking good all the way through. The chorus is really good. And yeah. I, like, I, like how, I like how there's a, the, the lead guitar in the back is kind of is very softly picking at the strings. Right. While, the, while, while the rhythm guitar is just grinding it out. Right. Setting his strings on fire. Not, I mean, it's the same guitar player. Yeah. Well, they layered it, of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was just saying, it's not two different guitar players. So you can't say, like, oh, this dude and that dude. Yeah, yeah. Really, At uh, least med- wait, med- another medley. reason why they're never going to play this live. Because <laughs> you can't play two things at, at once. And I had a tough one with this with this song, too, because it's almost like... Is it good because the songs right before it were not so great? And so then you get to like kind of an okay song, and you yeah. think that it raises your awareness of the song a little bit more. But yes. the more I listen to it uh, just by itself outside of the album, the more it just kind of like stayed and that, with And that's me. something I, want, I forgot to mention to at the top of the show. These songs also, I feel like, uh, can stand alone without the album. I think you can right. show these people. I think you can show these outside of the context of the album to people, and they would say, "Oh, that is a great song. I want to know more about this band." Right. I would like to believe that, but I don't know if a lot of people share my opinion about the dead rabbits. <laughs> well, at least not in this room. But uh, not in this but, room I, but I feel much. like I feel like uh, like people with similar tastes to us, like you know the people who have been listening for the past three weeks, and I know you're out there. Right. I see the numbers. And uh, the song was uh, in the mix with Bats in the Belfry, okay. but I ended up letting that song understand. go. I don't understand why, but uh, okay, that's fine. I think that song made the second cut, Okay, but uh, it didn't make the top 30. Okay. <laughs> so you're, cool. you're safe. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, I think we got pretty much all the way through it. Awesome, man. Good choice. All right, I don't have to do any post-production to that. I love the end of that song. All right, man, so my number 11 song. Now... I don't know if you know this about me, but I am a sucker for uh, for love songs. And there was an Aww. album that uh, came out this year from Twin Forks. <laughs> there was an album from a band called Twin and, Forks. And uh, they released one of the best songs, I think. This is the, hi- this is the highlight of the album for me. This is called Kiss Me Darling. Oh. I think this is probably track two or this three. This song... It's a che- it's a, it's, in, in a lot of ways, it's a cheesy love song. You know how I feel about this album as a whole. Yes. Already. Yeah. This song, though, yes. But please continue. You said okay, it was sorry. cheesy. I'm going to agree with you that far. Uh, yeah, on, 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 on first listen, it's a, it's, it's, it's a cheesy love song, but uh, but it's so well written. If you listen to the lyrics, it's 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 not like oh, this is a Hallmark card with lyrics on it. But no, it, it's 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 about two people with their individual experiences. And what's great about this, what's great about the song, albeit it is a tad bit cheesy. It's just the dual vocals, but the you know the the, the boy girl there is the, boy the, girl, the girl on there. Yeah, Who, I don't know how she fell into this gig. Yeah, she plays mandolin in the band, and, right? And her mandolin playing layered on top of the acoustic guitar. It, it's so complimentary. Do, do you just feel like, the vocals like, are. like he hooked up with her, <laughs> and he wrote an album based on just how wonderful their relationship yeah, yeah. and banging was? Oh, by the way, really quick, I really like when songs do this, where like the second verse is like. Is played differently, just or at least down staccato-y to like yeah. that with the guitar. I, I love that. It's, it, it just adds a different element to it. I mean, I, I just does, every time I listen to the song, it just puts a big smile on my face and it just warms my heart. And uh, not a lot of moments like that <laughs> going forward. <laughs> I can tell you right now. Moments. 
uh, on any of our lists. <laughs> Holy shit! But I think this is probably the uh, this is really the highlight of, a, the, of the Twin Forks albums. And but even though that that album is littered with like a bunch, there's sad songs on there as well. There's it's just littered with you know well written love songs. And, uh, and this, I, I think this, I need that in my life sometimes. You know, I, I'm, sometimes I'm too crushingly depressed because of the music I listen to. <laughs> I need something refreshing like this to, to kind of pick me up and it's like, oh yeah, life is great. It still feels like it's like the first half of the album is the uplifting side. Yes. And then there's like this darkness to the second half. Darling, it's been a long time. How did she get this gig? She plays mandolin and sings she really well. Him, darling. <laughs> she kissed him, darling. But it, that doesn't make sense because it's been a long time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, uh, I really recommend. I mean, if you guys are not going to listen to the whole uh, Twin Forks album, at least look up uh, "Kiss Me, Darling." It's a great song, and I really, it, yeah. If you listen to it because you know we're talking over it, it, it may sound a little cheesy, but I recommend just give it a give it a nice, honest listen, and just uh, you know be open minded about it. it. It does sound like something that come off your top forty, but I I do still highly recommend it. Was this a single at all? Um, I don't think there's been any singles off of this. No. Wow. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know. Okay, so that was your number... 11. 11. So moving on to my number 10. So um, this was a band that was on my best of lists up there towards the top. Um, Mike and I, like I said last week, we spent many, many days and podcasts talking about this band and how we felt about them, how we... Hope nothing but the best for them into the future. Although I knew issues would make your list. <laughs> <laughs> Although we were very sad when we found out that they wouldn't be joining us on the Get Real Tour. Ah. Um, Miss Motherfucking Fortune. Miss Motherfucking Fortune with, again, the first single off that album. Crazy. Which pissed me off. What's the name of the song? Chasing Dreams. Chasing Dreams, that's right. I know it was the single. Sometimes. I was looking for buried tracks. Yeah. But... This song just kept on jumping out to me on my listens, and it just felt right. You know, a lot of people give hard times to songs just because they're singles, but I think with the music taste that you and I have, singles are an, are, are on a different playing field than like the singles of like a top 40 band, because these are the songs that I think an independent label would say, yes, this is one of the highlights of your album. We need to push this. To, right. to get people to get to know not, you. It's, not, it's, this is the one that's going to rise not the up the one charts or yeah, something. Yeah, this isn't the one that's going to pander to the lowest common denominator and make us the most money. No, this is the, this is the song that's going to get you popular, right. you know? And I think that they... Uh, this, when I first started listening to this album, by, like, listen number three and four, I was just, like, just sitting here thinking, like, holy crap, like, for a band that I'd never heard of before, who was going to be opening the Get Real sh- tour yes. when we were originally going to see them I'm like this is a huge standout track yes for a band that is not very known mm-hmm. um, to the state they're still not that known yeah which I'm okay with I'm okay with them not being known yeah um, <laughs> keep it to ourselves <laughs> it's just it's just a great chorus right here too mm-hmm. great, the chorus is pretty catchy I, I enjoy the chorus on this I think it's much more than kind of catchy yeah, don't you think? It's, I mean, it's, it's your just number it's, ten album. Yeah, ten song of the <laughs> ten year. Ten song of the year. Um, even when I was listening to our best ofs list, and I played this song because this was number three on my list, the uh, the chorus just always jumps out, and I never yeah. got sick of it. Yeah, which it's, was the it's, weird it's, thing it's, too. It's really, it's really pleasant to listen to. 
So, um, and they throw in a little guitar solo. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Good stuff. So, um, but uh, don't watch the video. It's kind of dumb. The video is kind of dumb. <laughs> that's kinda, that's one of the downsides of being on, on, on the plus side of being a single and independent circuit. Yeah, you've probably got the best songs of the album, but on the bottom side is that independent labels don't really have the, the highest budget for good music videos. So a lot of them the, end up really the dumb. The video was very similar to uh, In Bloom by uh, That's probably what they were going for, yeah. Like by Nirvana back in 1990-02. Mm-hmm. Um, so still, I hope that that band continues to move forward. Yes, I, I, hope, they, I, hope, awesome I, hope, I hope they go on and become very successful. I mean, I, I, I don't feel the same way about the record like you do, but... Uh, uh, but I but I do hear the potential. I don't. Th- I do think that they have good things ahead of them. How douchey will they not? <laughs> That's hope. Mike's biggest test. Yes, I hope they. I hope they continue to be less and less douchey in the future. All right. So number ten for me, uh, kind of the opposite on the uh, emotional spectrum from mm. Twin Forks. So from happiness to from happiness utter depressing to sadness. A little bit of depressing, uh, but this is a song. Off of uh, Little Machines by Lights. Ooh. Um, this is a song about kind of negative subject matter. It's about. Uh, this is it, about Bo Boken, isn't it? This is about divorce, actually. This is a song about divorce. Uh, the divorce of her two very close friends. This is oh. called Oil and Water. I was hoping it was about her and Bo, and it meant that they were going to divorce soon, and then Mike and I can slip right in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very possible. <laughs> She's polyamorous now. This is a really, really good song. It's definitely a standout. Yeah, this is one of the best songs on it. I think it's my favorite song on the album. Uh, but the, this, this also the song. It's just so well written too, and uh, it, it's just it, you, just by the title, it's on oil and water, and how, and how it separates, how that chemical, it has that mm. chemical reaction of separating, and how that kind of relates to certain people, and how they just, they just shouldn't be together. But sometimes. it goes really good on pita bread. Yes, it does. <laughs> if you're at a Mediterranean restaurant. You put water on pita bread? Sorry, I was thinking of oil and vinegar. <laughs> oil and vinegar. <laughs> Damn it, Weird Al. <laughs> was this a single at all, or was this um, a... Not that I know of. It's wow. not a single, but it's it surprising. is probably one of the best songs on the album, I think. I had three light songs on my 99 list. Was Oil and Water one oil of them? Oil and Water was one of them. Muscle Memory was another one, as well as From All Sides. Mm-hmm. Uh, all three did not make the final 30. Unfortunately. But, um, yeah, definitely still one of my favorite songs. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it, like I mentioned, it's, it is on the opposite emotional spectrum from Kiss Me Darling. This is probably like <laughs> Kiss Me Darling where it begins and Oil and Water is where it ends, which is so sad. There you go. I think, you know? Twin Forks uh, album two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's, uh, but it, it, it's, 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 a, it's not a... Just on first listen, it's not like a song where it immediately jumps out at you like, oh, wow, this is a song about divorce. You have to kind of dig deep into the lyrics and kind of extrapolate the meanings from the metaphors. And different than her previous album, it didn't have a lot of really softish songs. No, this is really where... The song shows up at the end of the album where you know it starts off very mellow, but it kind of just goes through its peaks and valleys, and it's just more towards the end of the album when it's coming down again. This one was in the middle. This was track seven out of 14. Oh yeah, you're right. Well, I'm not counting the uh, the bonus tracks. Oh, you should. They're really good. I, I should, but uh, not everyone's gonna get the bonus tracks. <laughs> but um, uh, I really yeah. like this bridge here. Yeah. Um, there's a great picture of her on Facebook this week, looking over that that waterfall that, from Niagara Falls. Was it Niagara Falls? Yeah. I couldn't tell. She didn't post where it was. Yeah. But she looked great over Niagara Falls. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like Niagara Falls is like the the representation of how much I come towards towards. That was the her. comment I should have put under that oh, picture. Oh, okay. Uh, and you would have gotten banned from her page. I would have. And labeled a sex offender. 
you've heard about her manager, you know? That's oh, yeah, that's right. Gian Gomeshi, man. He's, he's coming anyway, in Niagara let, Falls. Let's keep it based on the song here. Really, the song is <laughs> Artistically. Great. The song is great. Oil and Water off of the album Little Machines by Lights. Wow. Cool. All right. So back to the iTunes we go. Number nine, Adam. Number nine for me. So this band was in my best ofs list from last week. It was definitely the standout album that I had from this band over a lot of valleys and a few peaks of this band's career over the last, I can't remember how many years, but um, let's see, can I do... Okay, so this was... I I picked a lot of songs from this album, at least three that I really, really liked, but this was the one that I kept on having the same feeling about every single time. And it might take you a minute to recognize it because it's definitely not a single, but it's buried, you know, on track nine of the album. And it just jumps out at you when you're two thirds of the way through and you're just like, holy shit, I fucking am like, yes. And I'm going to just hit play. Now. I'm fucking like, yes. <laughs> this is definitely Miss May I featuring <laughs> Memphis May Fire. <laughs> With Architects? This would be Architects. Architects, okay. I don't know the name of the song. This is called Castles in the Air. Oh, So as we know, Gravedigger was a great opening track, and we gloated about that last week. Um, The final track on this album was called The Distant Blade. Uh-huh. And here's the chorus right here. Um, It just like... The shift in the tempo right there... And the hookiness of the screaming. Uh-huh. You know, you, you, most people cannot enjoy the screaming. Yes. Because... It takes a they, special kind of songwriter to to, to project a, a screaming song and make it, you know, singable and something you want to keep revisiting. Right. So, Gravedigger was great. The Distant Blue was great. This song was great. I did not think that this was going to be the song that would win out of oh, those yeah. three. It, it is kind of an obscure choice. It's... But I kept on going back to it, and I thought that The Distant Blue was a better song initially. Okay. But The Distant Blue was too long, and it was too slow. And this song had that fucking just punch you in the gut every time. It is pretty intense, yeah. And um, just the the change going from the verse to the chorus right here. um, I love that guitar riff. That is is a very very technically sound uh, guitar riff. I love it. I don't know how this would transition live. But um, I would probably, probably fucking lose noisy. my shit right here. <laughs> um, Gotta love it's just tempo change, man. Mm, I love tempo changes a lot, of course. Um, but you know, it took me a long time to really understand a lot about this band. Yeah. And the first, like I said, the first three albums are just awful. <laughs> Nobody should ever listen nope. to them. The band themselves should bury them, erase I them from their have. label's hard drive. That's a, that's a great chorus. Great chorus. I don't think there's any clean vocals in this. I no, think there is I mean, on the bridge. The bridge Architects has very out. few clean vocals throughout their album. They're not they're not a, they're not a well balanced one, which is probably why I don't really give them much of a chance. I mean I, I mean I like Architects, especially uh, Lost Forever, Double Slash, Lost Together. Yes. The best album, but uh, I mean I I really pay more attention to uh, to bands that have a good balance between cleans and uh, screams. Mm-hmm. And usually there I are do exceptions, as well. of course. And that's why it's so weird when I was going back and listening to this, like, how did this end up 
so high on my yeah. list, but I just like I never got sick of it. The more I listened to it, I'm like this is obviously That's because it's one this, of the best. I think songs. you can just chalk it up to their great hand. I mean, they've grown as songwriters. They've, they've, yeah. you can chalk it up to the great songwriting, the like great 30, delivery, the friendly thirty. And they're yeah, ready, they're ready to be <laughs> real musicians. Thirty is where I think hardcore <laughs> bands start writing great music. Right, <laughs> no exceptions. It's just and it's so amazing that it's only four guys. Yeah, like you, this sounds like eight people on stage. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Yeah, you can chalk that up to just great production. I think. So it's kind of a long song. I guess we can go ahead yeah. and kill it now. But yeah, we've got we've got we got, we got past the the bridge, which is probably yeah. the best part. I enjoyed right. it much. So uh, what is this number nine? All right. So number nine for me, I think we're gonna go back to another depressing track. Yes. I'm sorry, Adam. I'm sorry. <laughs> Eleven out of twelve <laughs> depress depressing tracks. <laughs> Actually, is, that, is, that, is that true? That probably is true. Now this is a Do song. Count up how many. Okay, so this is a song that did not make my uh, best albums of the year. It was in my honorable mentions, actually. But this is the uh, standout, standout track from that EP. This is Owl City. Oh. The song is uh, This Isn't the End. Is this the one with Lindsey Sterling? Or no, this, is this isn't the one. That, that's Beautiful Times. And I, I went back and forth which one to put on this list because I, I knew those two were going to make the list somehow. This one it edged it out because... Like um, Kiss Me Darling, it is a bit cheesy. And I have soft spot for cheesy songs if they're written really well. Right. Um, this is a song about... Um, I, I guess I'll just spoil the whole thing. This, <laughs> this is a song about a young... It's a song that takes place from two perspectives. Mm. The first verse is, is told from the perspective of an eight-year-old girl and how her father left and she didn't know what, she didn't know what happened. She just, he left one day, he said, oh, I love you, and he, he never came back. And after the chorus, you pack cigarettes. Huh? And there he goes. <laughs> yeah, he got. I went to go eat cigarettes, and <laughs> I lived in the circus. <laughs> uh, but then the second verse comes in, and I'll just let it. Just let moment for silence. Her dad was a good guy that everyone liked. Oh, that's that's not cool. No, it gets worse. <laughs> oh no. They always lie. Oh, no! right there! No, no, that crushes my soul, Why? man. And 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 and, it, and it, there is a bit of cheesiness to that because it is, in a way it is a little emotionally manipulative. This story, yeah. But, <laughs> but I think fine, it's, Mike. Your number one song of the year. <laughs> but I think it's just a well-told story, and it doesn't oversell like. Oh, remember when he died? He killed himself again because you couldn't fix him, little girl. <laughs> but no, I think, and also what also what makes it good is that lyrically, his death is still ambiguous enough to where like, oh, maybe he, maybe he killed himself because he was sick, or maybe because maybe he killed himself because his sickness was maybe depression. So there's different angles you can take, you can look at it at. So I think it's just a well-written song. Maybe, yeah. And it really sticks God, with these, me. I mean, is Owl City from Seattle? What the fuck? I don't know. <laughs> Seattle slash New Jersey. Oh God! Jesus Christ! God, that's gonna haunt my dreams. Thanks, Mike. But yeah, but but the ending actually, <laughs> as depressing as the song is, the, end, the song actually ends on a high note because she learned as she she still never finds out what happened to her father, but uh, she still still forgives him. And just leaving, you know? just she, a real and she, uh, to, and she learns to move on with her emotions, and I think that's something we can all relate to. No matter okay. if you've lost somebody in your life, I think it's just something. The song, I think, overall, the song is about taking your depression and learning to move on and cope. And I think I think, that's, I think that's a good lesson that everyone can learn. I think it's a good lesson to learn what people feel like when you do kill yourself. 
Yes. If you're suicidal. Don't kill yourself. Is that all these other people that you knew and who cared about you... The beginning, this isn't the end. We're talking through the entire song. I love, this ep- I love this episode already. <laughs> it's cool. But that's what happens. I mean, all, all these people that you came in contact with, when you kill yourself, they just keep on living. Yes. And they have to live with the fact that... You're not here anymore. Yes. And that, you're, that, you're that, dead. You don't give a shit. And that's what the beginning of this song actually alludes to. And like I said, it, it doesn't overstay its welcome. It doesn't, it doesn't hit you over the head like, hey, remember when he died? And it was all because of you and you felt really bad about it. This isn't the end. <laughs> You'll feel better someday, but yeah, no time so, soon. So yeah, at first glance, it's, it's, it's a tad emotionally manipulative. But if you listen to the song uh, the way it, I think it's meant to be listened to, it, mm-hmm. I think you can get an appreciation of it and learn its lesson. Okay. So I, probably one of the Owl City's best songs, I think. Was this the EP that he did? It was. The EP is okay. called Ultraviolet. Ultraviolet. Okay. Well, I still haven't reached that plateau where I need to get into Owl City yet. Yes, you're into but... lights right now, so your your foot's <laughs> in the door. I so know. if you want to listen to Boy Lights, although I have felt that Tillian Pearson sounds like Boy Lights in my opinion, uh, in a way, after yes, listening to yeah. an album and a half from him. All right. So from crushingly depressing yet uplifting Ooh. to a song probably in a similar vein. I can't wait. Um, be prepared for this particular band. So why is mad? At, so why is mad at myself by issues your number eight <laughs> <laughs> and number seven six five four three two one? This would be my number nine. Is that what I'm on now? I think we're on. Are we on eight? I'm on number eight. You're right. Yeah. So I think my first four tracks are definitely, definitely the heaviest. Okay. You know, there's there's one more heavy song coming up, but this was kind of like, yeah, there's the heavier songs that are really good, but they kind of were at the bottom of my list because you can only go so much when you can't understand the vocals. True. You yeah. know, and I think I think there is I think there is something that kind of uh, uh, stigma with ha- hardcore music where right. people just people who aren't into the same music as you have this reluctance to listen to. So, so. it is it is kind of hard. You know, everyone's different, but it's kind of hard to say, oh, yeah, this is my best song of the year because it's so fucking brutal. (laughs) (laughs) I fucking love it. Talk about a bunch of babies. Right. (laughs) So this is definitely, this has got to be the feelingest song of my list so far. Okay. I don't know if I listened to Castle, if I read the lyrics to Castles in the Air, it might have been like, you know, my dad left me (laughs) and all that kind of stuff. This is the end. (laughs) But um, this was definitely a standout track of the year. Every time I went back to it, it kicks me in the gut, mm-hmm. in the balls, hits me hard, but has a lot of real world kind of implications in my mind, I guess, okay. as I kind of live my life. But um, <laughs> definitely um, one of Mike's favorite songs. I already know that, but from the number one album of the year. Oh, Stay Vicious. By get by uh get gaslight anthem off of get hurt, Adam's number one album of the year. I'm surprised this is slow. Well, there's a lot of songs on this album to get through. Okay. The verse here is all self-deprecating. You know, you can. I, I just kind of sense it. It's like he's. Waking up in the morning, feeling like shit, knowing he's got some place he doesn't want to go to that he has to go to, and he's pissed off at everybody. I wonder where and his then, lyrical, lyrical content comes from, because he's a fucking rock star. Still an upset guy. Yeah. But then the chorus. Oh, I'm That's so fucking glad. Oh, my God. They released 
the, the verse as a teaser. Yeah, yeah. Back in fucking March. Because you expect like the entire song to feel yeah. this way. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't get, you don't think that you're going to get these strange little moments like this. So it's almost like you know he walks out the door of his house, apartment, whatever. He puts in his headphones, and this whole chorus is about. I, f- I feel it's about. You know, he's putting on the music. He's putting on music, realizing, oh, yeah, this is why I enjoy my life. Yeah. And this is why I want to stay alive and why I go through all the bullshit. Because Make, I have some awesome. If you're shit a longtime on, listener of Skinny with Mike and Adam, that might be a little, you know, autobiographical for both of us, you know? You think? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like he walks out and he. A, he's got to put the face on. Yes. Because don't we you, don't want to, you don't want to let the rest of the world know all the chaos going inside in the brain. Yes. Um, but he puts on the music, and the music is something that helps him to kind of this is escape. get through. So, um, you know, he goes back to the angstiness in the verse here. Yeah. Um, but then, mm. chorus number two just kills you in the freaking nuts every time. Um, still... No matter how many times I look at my best albums list, this will always win out above yeah. everything else that I enjoy. Nice, man. <laughs> and, um, yeah. Great song. It. Great, wonderful it. song. Stay Vicious by the Gaslight Anthem number off of Adam's number one album, Get Hurt. So, um, the, my top eight have a lot to stand up to. I know, they I really do. I mean, I if, that, will be if, that is, if that is your number eight, wow. Can't wait to see number seven through one. All right, so uh, this is from a... This, my number eight is from an album that, uh, again, was on my uh, uh, honorable mentions. Um, this is a song from uh, Against Me. And this Ooh. is uh, the title track, Transgender Dysphoria Blues. Cool. Now, if you remember when I talked about this briefly three week, four weeks ago, um, this, is, this entire album is about the lead singer Laura, Green, Laura Jean Grace's transition uh, into womanhood. Yes. And uh, <laughs> this is one of the most. <laughs> not brutally, in the natural way. Not in, in, yeah. in the. This is one of the most way. brutally honest, and in a way, it's both depressing and hopeful because uh, you hear you hear lines like, um, you know, all I wanted, I, I just want people to see me as a woman, but all you see is this faggot, and and it's just mm. brutally honest. Like, it just takes a stab at society. It takes a, it takes a stab at, um, you know people in her life that, that have turned her down turned her turned her back on her because wow. of her transition yeah you know, I, it's still just, you know there's, there's something like i just want to look good in this dress but you know i got these broad shoulders and so obvious you want them to see you like yeah it's just it's just ah. it's it's so brutally honest and it's so do refreshing think, in a way you know do you think I, it was a good thing because she made a lot of headlines yes. for being the first transgender front woman of a rock band. That so I was of. really thinking she would stray away from a lot of that discussion in her lyrics. But I think it's for this important first for her to, to to bring that to the forefront. Because imagine how, and and this is probably like in real world right now. Remember that that story that's going around about that uh, that young transgendered woman who killed herself because of her uh, because of her fundamentalist parents. I mean, I mean, I think it's important to get these issues out there, and 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 she's putting this in a positive light. I think, yeah, the song is brutally honest and in a way kind of negative, but it's negative to the bigots around there, you know. Right. It, but it, it's it's still, it, 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 you got to imagine. I mean, that's what punk is all about. This, punk is about bringing down the establishment and and you know and 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 you know expressing yourself in in ways that 
from different perspectives. And we've ne- I've never heard an album that from this perspective anymore. Granted, the, the album does overall does sound kind of samey, and, uh, which is why I put it on my honorable mentions. And, uh, but the songs like this, I mean, this is what punk is all about, I think. And uh, keep up the good work, Laura Jane Grace. Real quick, the album cover... Is that a boob? That is a that is a boob. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm looking at it like. Is that a boob? <laughs> so I great. don't want to act infantile about it and make bad jokes. It is a I just boob. Wanted to make sure because when you take it off of a person, then it's not trashy, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So and it passes all sensors. <laughs> so thank God for that. <laughs> exactly. So uh, check out the title track from Against Me, uh, Transgender Dysphoria Blues. I will. I should. You should. Why you don't remind me of that one? You haven't asked for it yet. <laughs> okay. I, I Plus, they have a giant discography, and I know who you are with discographies. Oh, they do? So, yeah. Is it like 15 albums yeah. or something like something that? Something like that. Yeah, Against God. Me has been around since forever. I might as well just listen to Bruce Springsteen and call it a day. <laughs> yep. Or just listen to one Pink Floyd album, right? Ha! <laughs> we'll get to that later. <laughs> okay. So, my number seven song of the year Another one that stayed on my list. It was probably one of the ones that I initially highlighted when I first made this list because I knew without a doubt it was probably going to make the top whatever. Maybe the top 20, maybe the top 10. I wasn't really sure. But it ended up as number 7. Moved around quite a bit between the 7s and the 12s. Gangster's Paradise by by Falling in Reverse. Falling in Reverse. (laughs) Featuring Coolio. Okay. Um, <laughs> now, uh, let's see. Mike already talked about this band. Oh my god, Twin Forks. Yes. Awesome. Now, my song of choice will come from the later half of the album. <laughs> right, right. Still a very positive song. Yes. But fucking dark as hell. It is. Nonetheless, with the guitar riff. And again, just like Kiss Me Darling was all about how happy we are to be in a relationship. Yes. And when I think about times where maybe someday I turn into a girl yeah. and I go through with my transition process, um, <laughs> I'm going to sit around and masturbate to this album. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because everything Chris Caraba sings about in this album is about how much in love with this girl he is. Yes. I've got plans for you. And this song is all about his plans for me. Yeah. For you personally. <laughs> for me personally. Yeah. And we a- all know that. Adriana Gort. <laughs> We all know that Chris Caraba is a beautiful, beautiful man. Yeah. And, he's, um, he's, he's like, um, and he's I, I like love right here like, where, where the chorus goes back into the guitar riff from yes. the verse again mm-hmm. and it comes back down. Oh, seamless. Seamless so, transition. It's like, it's dark. It, I don't know if it changes key or something like that. Yeah. Um, you almost don't know. If, you don't, if you're not listening carefully, you don't notice it. That's right. the great thing. Like, I love songs that where you can listen to them over and over again and you still pick out these new little things to discover and, love and fall in love with right so the more I listened to the lyrics I was like you know this is kind of hokey but <laughs> you know if you're gonna if people are gonna sing about hokey stuff and you might, yeah, if you're gonna sing about hokey stuff you might as well do it really well do it really well and since I'm a fan of the darkness not the band but just just <laughs> the, the feeling just the feeling of the darkness yeah and this song like completely like I was not expecting it yeah. on the album which made it stand out even more so I feel me. really bad that we didn't uh, give this a proper review when it came out because it just kind of came and went we were both really, really hyping at the beginning of the year February I think it came out yeah. we were both really really excited for it and I think we were just busy 
we had other plans or whatever. We had such big plans for you. He's going to keep on working for as long as it takes. Yes. Because he has plans for me. <laughs> you personally. Which means I don't have to work anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure you make more money than Chris Carrillo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. He's got a lot of bands. <laughs> yeah. A lot of bands that make him poor. Okay. But yeah, great and choice, though. Even the acoustic solo here always works well yeah. when it's not not too yeah, acoustic. This, this album as a whole was on my uh, best of list last week. And uh, like I mentioned, like folk music is hard, I think, to make accessible to people who aren't already into folk music. But this is the perfect, perfect album for people who want to get into folk. It is, I think so. It is just accessible I'm enough sure and folk just familiar. fans would All this hate is us. shit! Yeah. <laughs> Maybe like, yes, an album from 2014 is your introduction to for- folk. <laughs> Do you know about Simon and Garfunkel? <laughs> I know about Flight of the Concords. Great. So, and of course, his little outro there goes yeah. back into the, cor- the the verse riff, and it's just a beautiful way to end You're it. You're absolutely right. He does love you. Adam. He does love me. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the next phase of his career, whichever band he ends up with. <laughs> I think Dashport, the next, the next Dashport is coming up next. And then okay. I think he's also said he's, gonna, he's working on some further Teams Forever stuff. But whatever it is, I mean, as long as Chris Caraba keeps aging, I am okay with he that. He said he's going to keep on working for as long as it takes. All right, man. So okay. we made a new friend this year uh, who goes by the name of Ana Lee. Yes. And uh, my number seven, are we seven? We're number seven. Seven. Yes. My number seven uh, song comes from an album that actually she recommended Ooh. while we were in one of our many lovemaking sessions. Okay. But <laughs> was it the one that I was there for or one of the ones I missed? Well, I mean, you you have her some days, I have her some days. Oh, I mean, okay. You know, whatever. Okay. So uh, if this is the artist I'm thinking of that you guys talked about, then this artist got nominated for a bunch of Grammys. She sure did. And uh, this is the lead single off of that album. This is oh Chandelier. God. I'm sorry it's got the music video. but the... Look at you fucking selling out. Selling like a out. fucking major label whore bag. This is a Chandelier by Sia. And uh, this was uh, recommended to me by uh, uh, by a- our friend Ana Lee. And uh, wow, what a great recommendation that she gave. Granted, it was an honorable mention because some of the songs fall into these weird pop tropes that I that I don't like but this is the highlight of the album and it's the first track I think um, Adam you're huh. just staring at this little girl that's doing interpretive is ballet this, is this Saya or is this this is um, the, just a girl sorry we're talking ballet. about the music video but the, the girl <laughs> in the music video she's from this reality show some dance moms or something she's just one of the like best ballet dancers I don't know I don't really pay attention to it but the, uh, but yeah this is Sia with Chandelier and the song mm. is about um for all intents and purposes, this young lady who's an alcoholic, but she, but she masks her alcoholism by being a party girl, so she justifies it that way, and uh, right. So, which is what you do, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the <laughs> the reason why I put this on my list, I mean, the, the you know subject matter is you know it's, it's okay enough, but the one of the things I look for, especially for pop music, is uh, vocal performances. Mm. My God. What a vocal range that wow. Sia has. And I'm okay. so, so glad that I gave this album a chance. Uh, well, you know, when Ana Lee tells you to do something, you fucking do it. You do it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but uh, I, another one, just like Issues, one of the, al- one of the uh, artists that uh, is very contentious between you and I is uh, Lord. And uh, since Lord. 2013, yes. I've been on an art pop kind of bender. And I haven't really gotten it this year, but uh, Sia, when I first got that, that's like kind of fills my art pop void. So in a weird way, 
Lady Gaga's album Art Pop didn't end up anywhere on your list? Surprisingly no. <laughs> Surprisingly no. <laughs> the irony. <laughs> it was one of the biggest flops of the year, apparently. It is, yeah. yeah. Um, but I have no idea because I've never heard anything off of it. <laughs> um, the album itself. So this is interesting. Yeah, the album itself, which is 1,000 Forms of Fears, 1,000 Forms of Fear, it does have a lot of uh, good songs on there. I think Chandelier is the best song. Uh, but like I mentioned, there is there's some just some pop tropes in it that I don't appreciate, and it just kind of holds it back from being really going great. Going out to the club, going out to the club, going out to the club to dance all night. Dance I'm all a secret night. alcoholic. <laughs> so she got more Grammy nominations than Slipknot, at least. This year. <laughs> but no, no, Slipknot got shafted this year, man. They only got one for the great chapter. Really? So really? Best metal performance. Best yeah. metal. Not even best metal album, best metal performance. Lame. I don't know. <laughs> oh, but yeah, but if you, but if you're like me and you just and you just really crave that uh, great vocal performance that just puts you in a great emotional mood, no matter what the emotion is, hmm. I really recommend uh, One Thousand Forms of Fear by Sia. Well, luckily, majority of America has already, already agreed with has. you on yes. that. <laughs> not, not in Taylor Swift numbers. No, no, but, no. Um, you know, she got nominated for a bunch of Grammys. I was. Really I think surprised. rightfully so. She's a wonderful vocalist. All right. Cool. And that'll do it for this week's episode. Like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, please tune in next week on January 12th to listen to our top six through one best songs of 2014. And for now, if you have any questions regarding any of the songs that we talked about this week, please feel free to head on over to our Facebook page over at facebook.com slash the skinny with Mike and Adam. And please, if you're not if you're not already, please subscribe to us on iTunes. Check out our friends at themeltingpod.net. That's the Dead Bedouins, Generation Oddcast, and Shit Rick Says with Rick Wellbanks. Uh, I am your co-host, Mike. I'll see you guys very soon. Yeah.